Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed. Plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast. So please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. Welcome to Trade Show University, the ultimate resource for marketers, planners, and business owners looking to create results, increase revenue, and maximize their ROI for upcoming trade shows. We'll help you navigate the complexities of trade shows, set the right goals, find true success, and get the most out of each experience for you and your team. It's time to get your PhD in ROI with your host, the man with over 25 years of trade show experience, Jim Cermak. Welcome to Trade Show University. My name is Jim Cermak. I'm your host here, and I am thrilled, more than thrilled, to to have a special guest on today. And I, just to, as total clarity, total transparency, I'm a huge, huge fan of magic, especially close-up magic. I've been enthralled with that my entire life. I uh, love watching magic whenever I have a chance, and I ran into our guest today at at a uh, trade show where he was doing close-up magic and I was just blown away. So I was really thrilled when he said he'd be willing to come on the show and and really tell people about what he does and, and why it's so effective. So I want to introduce Scott Tokar. And Scott is a multi-award winning magician. I need to find out about the multi-award winning. Uh, he specializes in trade show and sales meeting corporate magic. He's the founder of trade show magic group known as Corporate FX. Since 1992, Scott has helped scores of companies, big and small, consistently double their quantifiable exhibit metrics at trade shows around the globe. Double. That's a huge number. It's a huge number. Well, Scott, welcome to Trade Show University. Say hello to the trade show warriors that are listening today and uh, tell, tell me a little bit more. Uh, build up your bio a little bit more for me. Well, hello, Jim, and hello, everybody out there listening. Um... Uh, well, you know, I started Corporate FX back in 1992, primarily because I was doing some trade shows. I was uh, gathering crowds to a trade show, explaining the features and benefits of a product, and uh, and I was getting popular. And, and although although I'm a pretty good magician, I, I still haven't mastered the the ability to be in two trade show booths in two different places at the same time. <laughs> now that would be something else. <laughs> I'd I'd really like to figure that out. But so what I tried to do is I tried to gather. The, the very best trade show magicians in, in the world and put us all under one banner so that we'd be able to uh, have a brand name that people could trust. So when I said, hey, I can't work the gig, uh, but you know I know somebody that can, it was going with a little bit more uh, security than just a, just a, hey, I think this guy would be good. It's, they've been, all, all of our guys have been vetted, and uh, this is what we do full-time as trade shows. You know, oh, I would fantastic. say Fantastic. I would say that 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 be, right now people are listening, going, a magician, no way. I, a guy in a top hat tails, I that's corny. <laughs> that's and that and that's my hardest part is because there's a whole lot of magicians out there that are that guy. But when I say trade show magician, what I mean is 
we look, act, and sound. We dress like the like the booth staff. We people. The best trick that we do is that people think that we actually work for the company that we are representing. Um, so that that's the most important trick. So that's kind of what I tried to do in in building corporate effects was, you know, find the guys that could do exactly that. That's so critical. And I, and I'm I know I have a lot of business owners that listen in a lot, of, especially a lot of smaller businesses. And how critical it is when you start hiring uh, or bringing people on that they share the same the same values, they have the same work ethic, they put out the same quality of in your in your form of uh, entertainment that you do. Otherwise, your brand can quickly crumble. So how important is that? Uh, so so glad to hear that uh, you're not the only one that, that from your company that does the amazing magic that you do. Well, our customer base is is Fortune 500 companies. You know, when we're at a tech show, one sale could be several million dollars. Wow. You, yeah. you don't want, you know, Binko the clown messing up that sale. You you need some somebody that is professional that understands script writing and, and understands, you know, the, the, the sales cycle and, and qualifying the leads and, and all of these things on a trade show floor, it goes way beyond uh, magician, which is probably why my title trade show magician magician is the second word in that title. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally understand that because you need to understand trade shows first because they are such a unique animal. That's the only reason I have this I have this podcast is because there are so many companies out there and no offense to everyone listening, they just do it wrong. They just don't understand how to truly effectively work a trade show, how to bring people in to that booth that are just gonna otherwise gonna be just walking right by. You might have the most beautiful booth, you might have the the best product in the world, but if you can't get the attention of that person that's walking by and effectively give them information or get them into that quality, deep, meaningful conversation, it's worthless. It's wor- you're you you have just wasted your money. And that's what you do so effectively. But let's go back, like back to the beginning. How did you get started in magic to begin with? Well, you know, a lot of times I jokingly say to people, do you remember that that magic kit that you got when you were a kid? Yeah. I, I just never stopped playing with it. You know, it just really kind of melded with my personality. Um, I enjoyed the attention. I enjoyed the the puzzle of the of the tricks. I enjoyed the the history behind magic and and I just really fell in love with the art. About the time that I was 13 years old, I was doing it so much that I was charging people to do the kids' birthday parties, and I started doing schools around me um, for their school assemblies and things. And by the time I was 16 years old and could drive, um, I auditioned for and became a member of the junior program at the Magic Castle in Hollywood. And wow. Through their example, more than anything, that I realized that um, I had a, a path. I could either become a brain surgeon and useful to society or maintain my level of magic and make a living at it. So I chose magic. <laughs> that's, that's an excellent choice. I mean, we need brain surgeons, but we want good ones. <laughs> you know, when you're, when you're a little kid, you want to be a firefighter, a policeman, or a magician. I, I have the dream career. That's awesome. I love it. I absolutely love it. And so at what you, you shared a little bit about this, but uh, at what point did you actually do your first show or or come to realize that this is a little bit different than just the, the magic in the kit? 
Yeah, I would say at about 18 years old, somebody was looking for a trade show magician um, locally, and they didn't really want to spend a whole lot of money. <laughs> Lucky for me. And yeah. uh, and they had called the Magic Castle and they said, hey, could a junior do this? And uh, one of the advisors looked at me and said, uh, I think, Scott, I think this is your perfect opportunity. So the, the problem, though, <laughs> thank, I'm so thankful that I was able to do that. But the problem is that I didn't know what I was doing. I really didn't. I screwed that show up really royally. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I brought way too much equipment. I had my sound system up too loud. I was dressed in a tuxedo. I really had no idea what I was doing. And um, I'm thankful for the opportunity to learn. But at the same time, I often warn my, my potential clients of that very thing. You know, really, yeah, you need to find someone that does trade shows specifically, especially if we are talking about those Fortune 500 companies that a you know, million-dollar deal could happen in the booth. I mean, I, I guess if you're, if you're at a wedding show, um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of people start with the with the trade shows like maybe they're they're um, a wedding venue and they're looking at a local wedding um, show to have a nice booth and do something to attract attention. Maybe a local guy would be your right choice. It might be in the right price range. But when we get up into the um, into the NABs and the uh, CESs of the world, um, you know, you kind of need someone that knows what they're doing full time. Totally get that. I mean, if you you're talking about CES. Probably the most popular trade show on the planet, or at least in the top five. There is so much going on. There's mm. because it is the it is the mecca of tech, new technology, and so that you're going to see screens everywhere and things that you've never seen before. And how do you how do you stand out? How do you stand out at that kind of a show? So you've got to be good. <laughs> you have Jim, got to be you, good. You are your craft. you are handing to me on a silver platter. The opportunity for me to to do like an elevator pitch. Can I, can I do like an elevator pitch for you? Have at it. Have you, at you know, I, I mean, if if you're new to marketing, then this may be the first time you've heard what an elevator pitch is. If you're if you're an experienced marketer, you've heard this all the time. Essentially, an elevator pitch is you step onto an elevator, you have to the twentieth floor, and the CEO walks in. This is your one shot to tell the CEO why you should be hired or why your product should be bought. You have, you know, up from the time that you go from floor one to floor 20 to do it, this is what you got to say. So so here's my my sales pitch, my elevator pitch, is, is that trade show magic is the most effective form of advertising you could do on a trade show floor. And the reason for that is that while you're watching a magician, you can't take your eyes off of what he's doing. Because if you, if you do, you're going to miss out on, on the trick. You're going to miss out on the opportunity to figure out what's going on. It's the only form of advertising that asks for and then receives 100% of the focused attention of the audience. Uh, no other form of advertising can do that. And then while the magic is going on, the audience tries to figure out how the trick's done, which means that their minds are thinking at the moment they're watching what's going on. And since their minds are active, when you add a commercial message, the product name, the company name, it's embedded in an awake, alert, thinking mind. So the person that's watching it that has 100% attention can never forget your product. And then if you've done the job right as a magician, and I've totally amazed my audience, I have left them uh, with a buzz. They're going to talk about this. The, the magician got the guy's watch off of his wrist without him seeing it and ended up inside of those boxes with all those product messages in it. Well, the attraction 
the the uh, what I would say attention, the retention of that message and the buzz, that's like the the home run hit of Madison Avenue. So if I can do that on a trade show floor, if I can deliver what I just said to you, I, I should everyone should have a magician in their booth, don't you think? <laughs> You are you're right, but then if everyone had one, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it might be a little crowded on the uh, on the show floor with magicians. Lucky then you for me, really we're stand out. Yeah, <laughs> you are. <laughs> yeah, you probably you would need to hire a lot more people, and your standards would go down. No, we can't have that. We can't yeah. have that. But you are uh, you are 100 correct. I think back, and everyone who's listening, you know, if you think back to. Last time you were watching close-up magic, where there was a magician right in front of you, you're staring and so intent on trying to figure out what's going on. Because that's what people, they're not just like, oh, what's going to happen? It's, oh, where's that card going? Or, or how did he cut that rope? Or, <laughs> or something. There's something that your mind is constantly racing. And what Scott said here, while, while you've got, you got your attention fixed on something now they're weaving in that message weaving in that message and their brain is is processing that message and now you've got them which is is just so brilliant it is so brilliant well jim uh, you're you're a big fan of magic and i really appreciate that but I, in my findings i would say that 80 percent of my audience has never seen a magician up close personally for themselves in real life wow. i mean okay. they may have seen it on tv but it, then it could be a camera trick or, you know, they're cutting things, you know, in, in a in, in, or some using cameras somehow. But sure. when you're up there and it's happening to you, the interesting thing is, is that this is a this is a life event for some people. They will never be able to figure out how their eyes actually saw what they just saw. So beyond the embedding of the commercial message, it's it's imprinted because it's it's a it's a moment that that they've never had before it's a first time experience for them yeah even if and even if they've seen other magic they pro, they may not have seen that before or even if they've seen that before they've now they're seeing it again but they're always seeing it for the first time they're always seeing it's always brand new uh, you because, know how, yeah how many of, times uh, have you had your watch vanish from your own wrist me personally zero cuz i don't wear a watch but, <laughs> but <laughs> But I've seen it, and I'm still amazed. I'm like, I would like to try that one time just to see. I, I've, you've got to be able. I, I'm thinking to myself, how could you not feel that? But right, right. There's there, there's magic to it. There is a. Uh, I'm sure it's there is some magic. You want to keep that that air of magic about it. But there's years and years and years of practice. Uh, that I know go behind it. That is just amazing. The amount of of practice and work and technique that go behind it. It's not just <laughs> grabbing it off someone's wrist. There is a there is technique to it, and uh, and it's all part of part of what you do, which is amazing. Uh, yeah. Now we don't just it, do we don't just do close up magic. By the way, we do a lot of very large um, scale events, like at, uh, at at CES this year. We had um, four magicians working the CES show, uh, three magicians in the exhibit halls and one out in the um, parking lot working an event for American Express. So we were driving everyone out to American Express to give them that that feeling of, of uh, you know, magic and, and uh, doubling your 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 points. So we were doing doubling of things. We were making money appear 
We were, you know, doing all sorts of things that were connected with the credit card brand so that we can explain, you know, why you should use American Express when buying consumer electronic products. Um, no presets, branding limit, and all these kind of things were part of the script. And then sending them out for an experience, a, a show experience out in the parking lot under a tent. So it was really a, a you know, a large scale type uh, event. That's amazing. So anyone listening, you know, it doesn't have to be just one magician. You could be uh, thinking bigger, thinking bigger. If you have the budget and you've got the the booth space and you've got that vision of of doing something really over the top and really to engage the customers, get your message across. I'm sure. <laughs> Call Scott. <laughs> he can help you visualize what that what that looks like. We have done so, some really over the top things, by the way, too. Give me an example. Okay. Well, I, thanks for taking my lead on that one. I, you know, <laughs> of the, course. The, uh, uh, we, I personally am the only magician listed in the 2020 Guinness World Book of Records. Really? I mean, there are many other magicians that have broken records over the year, but in the yearbook okay. that is the Guinness World Book of Records, the printed version 2020, I'm the only okay. magician that's in there. But if you read it, um, it says that I'm the only magician to do a teleportation of a human being from point A to point B in Boone, Iowa, at the Farm Progress Trade Show for Corteva AgriScience, a division of Dow DuPont. So, oh, okay. <laughs> let me explain what that means. We, Dow and DuPont corporations merged over the last two years. They become one corporation for AgriScience called Corteva. Yet at the Farm Progress Trade Show, uh, which moves from uh, Iowa to Illinois each year, um, the, the, in Boone, Iowa that year, we had two tents that were on the same – it's almost like a fairgrounds. It's the largest, by the way, the largest square footage trade show in the, in the world. But that's because they have demonstration fields where John Deere is, is, is using their combines to harvest corn so that people can actually oh, okay. things work. So, you know, it's a huge demo grounds. Nonetheless, our, our tents for Dow and DuPont were six and a half blocks apart from each other. And they wanted to say, hey, we are now one Corteva AgriScience. What could we do to, to get both of these tents to, to connect? And I said, well, why don't we make my assistant vanish from one tent and instantly appear in the other tent? And by the way, six and a half blocks instantly under test conditions has never been tested before by the Guinness World Book of Records. What if we set the Guinness World Book of Records for this? Wow. So not only did we have a huge audience in both tents that morning that we did this, but we were in every pre-show mailer, every pre-show radio station interview, every pre-show television interview, as they said, come on down to the Farm Progress Show. Um, you know, the Pioneer Seeds tent, which is now Corteva AgriScience, and the Dow tent are going to set a Guinness World Book of Records uh, by making a, a girl vanish from one tent and appear in another. So we had all the pre-show promotion going on for us around this around this uh, stunt. We had all the people locally there for the stunt. After the stunt was done and we achieved it and received the award, everyone put it in their papers. And two years later, it's showing up in the Guinness World Book of Records with our customer's name right there along with mine. When you're talking about doing something big, this is this is as wild and as big as it can get. But think about the PR that that also brought to them, you know, over two years for one trade show. That's outstanding. That it, 
as I was writing some notes down and wrote that PR, <laughs> the PR you got from that you know, lasted well beyond the show, uh, before the show, during the show, after the show, and now two years after the show in a form that everyone recognizes. So I've never heard of the show you were at. I've just now for the first time hearing of Corteva, and that's the name of the company, right? Corteva, let's uh, be nice. Corteva. Corteva. Okay, Corteva. Four meaning heart. Teva meaning the earth. The heart of the earth is the American farmer. So Corteva. Uh, Very nice. So this is my first time hearing of that company. I have the first time of hearing about this show. Uh, But I know what the Guinness Book of World Records is, and I know that not just anyone can get in there. So what a unique and brilliant way to, to, to create a long-lasting marketing impact uh, for a company. So, it, and so, I, I guess for everyone listening who says, "Well, I'm not a multi-billion-dollar agriculture company. <laughs> how do I, how do I do this?" You know, it's taking that lesson of what can you do that's unique, what can you do that's amazing, and let people know about it. Don't just do it at the show. Reach out to local, the local uh, radio stations. Reach out to local press. Reach out to the industry press. Let them know, and maybe you will kind of get, even if it's just a couple articles or a radio interview, it can mean so much to a smaller business that's doing a show for the first time or doing doing something really unique for the first time. But tell, uh, give give some tips to uh, to a small, maybe a smaller or even a medium sized company that might not be uh, be the size of a Corteva. Sure. And how they how they could uh, utilize uh, a magician. What should they be be thinking of that they say that they should say, wow, I I should reach out to Scott or or uh, I know a magician who's done this before. Uh, Maybe not him, but you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Well, what what tips would you say for them? Sure. Well, our corporate effects team, as I said, we have 16 guys are here. I, I would say a vast majority of the promotions we do are in 10 by 10. 10 by 20, you know, linear uh, uh, booths on much smaller trade shows. Often we're in hotel ballroom size shows as well. Um, so, you know, the, the scalability of, of, of amazement is, is, you know, everywhere from two people to, you know, 20,000 people, very easy. Uh, but when you're looking at doing it for a smaller booth, you really only need three feet by three feet of your booth space to be kind of the area for a magician to do what I call aisle view presentation. An aisle view is kind of what you saw me doing at Exhibitor. So it's cards, coins, slide of hand, rope tricks, things that are right in the hands of the magician. So it doesn't require a, a, an audience. It doesn't require a booth with seats and a, and a stage. Um, people that are walking by step up to the to just to the edge of the booth and, you know, pick a card. That kind of thing happens to them. So that usually we can see. A maximum of about 25, 30, maybe 50 people, depending on the uh, the positioning of your booth in, in a trade show. Um, maximum every half hour being attracted to your to your exhibit where the theater style, like I say, you, you're going, you know, you easily doing hundreds of people uh, at, a, at a CES uh, or at a, at a farm progress kind of thing. So when you're looking to hire a magician for one of these, uh, you know, I would first off make sure you interview them. And here is I I hope none of the beginning magicians are listening to me right now. But here is the (laughs) code word, the code word that you can give to figure out whether or not you got a trade show magician on the line. Ask them if they have anything that needs to go through drayage. 
Ah, if yes. Don't know yeah. if they don't know what the word drayage is. Chances are they're not in the trade show world because that's a very unique word in in a trade show world. And now I'm going to tell you if you if you're new to trade shows, let me tell you what drayage is. When you ship something to the convention center, it's shipped through your carrier, uh, say Show Air or uh, somebody like that, and they pull up their truck to the back of the of the hall and they unload everything. But from the moment it goes from the dock to the trade show booth where you need it, that's called drayage, and you have to pay a fee for it to go from dock to your booth as well. So if if you ask a magician, do you have anything that needs to go through drayage, meaning are you shipping anything, um, and if they don't know what that word means, chances are, again, they, they probably aren't in our industry. So so a little, little litmus test there, if you will. That is a great tip. That is a great tip for someone, especially the last thing you want Everybody that's listening, the last thing you want is to invest good money in something and then be disappointed, be let down. I've been there before. I invested in a gimmick, a a giveaway, and it – I'm not going to go into the details, but it was a flop. I wasn't actually at the show. I was I was doing it for the show and for my my company, and I was so excited because it was going to be this big giveaway and – and I got a call halfway through and go, Jim, this is this is a dog. I hope you didn't pay a lot for this. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so, you know, so our use, worst competition in trade show magic is a bad magician somewhere else on the trade show floor. Because if you see a bad magician and your boss, you know, nudges you and say, never do that. <laughs> well, <laughs> that kills oh. my opportunity. But if you see if you see what we're doing, we've got the big crowd and you hear the message incorporation and the way that we're dressed and stuff, you know, that's that's my best advertising because now I've beat through the 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 preconceived notion that we're again at the, like I said at the top of the show, that I'm wearing a top hat and tails and a mustache pulling a rabbit out of a hat. You know, it's a very different kind of thing than that. Absolutely it is. It sure is. And what like I said I don't want to just keep uh, pumping up your ego, but what you do is so impressive, <laughs> and you are uh, probably the best trade show magician I've ever seen, and I've seen I've seen many uh, through my uh, through my hundreds and hundreds of shows that I've done before. Tell, oh, take, you are building take me the up. List. Thank you. I appreciate it. That. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, just pulling it out of my sleeve. But <laughs> take 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 the take the, uh, the listeners kind of through the process of they said, okay, I want to I. I I'm coming up to the conclusion that I want to hire a magician. I think this might be a great addition for my next show. Take them through the process of what what do you normally go through? How do you how do you get to the point where you're at the show and doing doing a flawless trick and weaving in their message? Well, th- yeah, really, uh, the 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 unseen part of all of this is what happens all before we get on the trade show floor, and that is that um, we walk them through a, what we call a messaging profile. So, you know, we're asking them specific questions that are going to help us highlight what they want to say. And it's really our job to deliver that company's elevator statement, just as I did a little while ago about my company. I need to be able to deliver their elevator statement in a clear and concise way. So I'm helping that company walk us through what their key messaging uh, is. So I'm asking for three features, three benefits, three product slogans. I'm asking them to tell me what makes them better than their competition. I don't necessarily need to mention their competition, but when I ask them to tell me these things, it helps me boil down what they want to say. And then based on that messaging profile and a couple of teleconferences that, that, we'll, that we'll do together, 
um, I'm able to, to make sure that I have all of the acronyms down properly, that, I, that I'm speaking the way that they want um, me to talk about their product, and that I'm delivering that elevator statement in a way that uh, makes it sound like I, this guy must work for this company all the time. And then on the trade show floor, um, typically an aisle view presentation is going to last about 10 to 12 minutes long. It's going to be repeated at least twice each hour. And then a theater-style presentation that is, you know, a bigger illusion, cutting a girl in half, you have the, uh, seats, uh, that kind of thing. We do that about every 45 minutes, and the show lasts, uh, again, it lasts only about 10 minutes long, but then there's a, an audience building process that goes in about five minutes before the show starts. Now, in either one of these cases, the, the thing is, is that I can attract a crowd, and I can talk about your product, but it would be wasteful to not have a step for them to do. I want to give them something to do after I've get, gathered that crowd. So an action step, if you will. I, I want to have them get scanned. I want to have them fill out a profile thing from the, for themselves. Uh, or I want them to go to three different stations within the booth and get a bingo card filled out to get a gift. Uh, being entered into a, a drawing. Uh, and at four o'clock today, we're going to give out you know, a, a drone or something like that. Um, so that we'll attract an even bigger crowd at four o'clock. Uh, so those action steps then use that audience. So one of my favorite things to do there is to make sure that I have some qualifying actions there for my customer. So filling out a, a, a questionnaire form, adding their name and email address, and then getting scanned so it can match that questionnaire with the scan gives my my customer the ability now to have you know, real quantifiable quality information to follow up on it after the show. That is a really, really critical point that you said. And thank you for taking us through those steps. Obviously, you know, anyone listening is going, I, I'm hoping they're like me and going, wow, that is so detailed and so thorough that it's not just, well, just send me, a, you know, send me your uh, tagline and uh, we'll see you at the show. It is yeah. way more than that. And it's also not just doing the trick, but then making sure that that person gets qualified. You capture their information, uh, all those attendees that are that are standing around watching and being amazed and, and have big smiles on their faces that they continue that journey with the customer uh, beyond the show, beyond the uh, conclusion of the trick. So fantastic stuff. Tell me a little bit about the uh, the awards you have won, you know, multiple award winning. I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Well, you know, every magician, it's difficult to say, you know, hey, I'm great. Hire me. You know, I mean, really, because I'm talking often about myself and, um, you know, I, I think I'm pretty good. But then, you know, <laughs> that's subjective. So since the beginning of my career, I've sought out um, to make sure that I'm doing the proper competitions. Uh, you know, there are there are several large organizations within magic. There's the International Brotherhood of Magicians, the Society of American Magicians. There's the Magic Circle of London. There's the Magic Castle in Hollywood. And all of these groups, uh, they have either, uh, like the Magic Castle Academy Awards of the Academy of Magical Arts um, that will give out awards. Um, I've received two awards of merit from the Magic Castle. Um, the International Brotherhood of Magicians uh, I competed in their close-up magic competition, 
and I and I won first place. Not just the local competition, the actual international competition. Wow! Congratulations. Um, well, thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, but uh, again, these are things that I worked towards. It's kind of like um, like like winning a um, you know World Series or something like that. My favorite thing is the Magic Circle of London. This is a, a the one of the world's oldest magic organizations, and there are four degrees within that society. Um, the highest degree is member of the inner magic circle with a gold star. And there's only 300 of us out there. And it's not something you ask for. It's something that's bestowed. So to be recognized at that level, um, you know, along with uh, with people like David Copperfield, really, um, to me, that's the most meaningful one. But the reason I even, again, seek any of that isn't because I necessarily want you to pat me on the back, but it's. To be able to say to you, here's the assurances that indeed I am good. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is that we call it social proof. It is the social proof that says it's that stamp of approval that says he knows what he's doing. What he's telling you in his marketing is not a joke. This is this guy is the real deal. So everyone listen to that. And and as you're listening to this, I'm I'm fascinated and I'm being very entertained. But. For everyone listening who's trying to get some of those nuggets, think about that. Think about what is your social proof that you can take to the market? What, where have you been recognized? What awards have you won? Have you won a taste test <laughs> if you have a food product? It doesn't matter how small or how big it is. Utilize that to give yourself that proof that uh, you really know what you're doing and, and your product uh, does perform at the level that uh, you want everyone to believe that it does. You know, Scott, this is they, why, Jim, you are Trade Show University. That's that's the perfect way to take what I said and say, here, ap- apply it to your business. Listen to this guy. Jim knows <laughs> what he's talking about. Forget me. I appreciate that. That's great uh, Great words of praise coming from you. I appreciate that so much. But hey, as as we as we come to wrap up here, what I want you to do, if you could give uh, give everybody uh, you know, maybe one or two takeaways that you really want them to get from this episode. Well, you know, your trade show presentations, the, the, the first off, you need to attract a crowd to your to your booth. You know, often a trade show is a shotgun approach. When you're thinking about um, going to any trade show, you're probably thinking um, there's a percentage of that audience that is my customer. That's the reason I'm going to go there. Like if you were at the um, at the Con Expo show going on in Vegas, um, y- you may be a concrete plant. Now, not everybody needs an entire concrete plant because many of them need the concrete trucks. But if you'll, you'll say 10% of those people at that show are my target market. Well, if you had, say, a thousand people that were going to be at a show, that means that there's really only 100 totally qualified leads that are going to be at that show for you. That's a totally okay number, by the way. But the thing is, is you have to you have to attract uh, a lot more people than 100 to find those 100. So anything you're doing to attract attention to your booth is going to help you in your hit ratio and that shotgun approach at any trade show you approach to do. The, the, the way that you have to weed through them, that qualifying aspect that I mentioned in, in back in my process, is how you're going to weed through some of the chaff to find those nuggets. So um, in any show you go to, you need to make sure that you have the right numbers there. You have the right amount of staff so that you can get to those numbers and that you have enough time on the trade show floor that you can actually get w- what you're looking for done. There are, there are two things. There's linear processing and parallel processing. Linear processing means that 
If someone walks up to one of your sales staff and says, what is it that you do? You have to figure out how much time it takes for them to interact. Let's say it takes five minutes for them to interact. So, that, so from the engagement to the qualification, to the telling that person what it is that you do, to the time that you release them and gather their, their, their lead so you can follow up with them, let's say it takes five minutes. That means each salesperson in your booth has a maximum of 12 interactions per hour that they can do. That's only 12 per hour. So if you're doing a linear process like that, you have to have enough people in that booth to try to hit that 100 number that you're looking for. On the other way is parallel processing. That is stop a really large crowd, explain the features and benefits of your product, and have those people raise up their hands while they're in your booth saying, yes, I'm interested, and then engage your sales staff to that person that raised their hand. Well, now you've, you've done a lot of that weeding of the, of the chaff from the wheat and found the exact people that need to be spoken to, and your hit ratio will go up. And I think that what I try to do, and the reason that I, that I can say I double the trade show leads and quantifiable numbers in a trade show booth is because I'm doing that parallel processing. I am helping you get through a lot of that chaff and find the nuggets that are going to help you make that trade show a success. This has just become the trade show magic masterclass <laughs> because that is this that was just so well put. Oh my gosh, you just you walk people through the basics of how to reach your numbers, reach your goals for a trade show without even mentioning what you do and then you ended with it and how you do it so masterfully. So, well done. My gosh, that was I that was amazing right there. That was a great wrap up. So I hope everyone, if you need to rewind that section, listen to it over, get your notebook out, because that was just fantastic, fantastic information. Hey, very, very hey, valuable Jim, before information. Before we go, would you like would you like to try a magic trick for everyone right now? An audio magic trick? Sure. While you're while you're driving, while you're while you're flying on the <laughs> airplane, while you're working out, let's try a magic trick. It's gonna require a little bit of math. Absolutely. Going to require a little okay. bit of math, so so remember that if you want, if, I'm going to ask you to pick a number between one and ten. So if you don't, if you're not good at math, pick an easy number, okay? So pick a number <laughs> in your own mind, in your own mind, without telling me. Pick a number in your mind between huh. one and ten. Got okay. it. Now I want Got you to it. multiply that number by nine. Okay. Now you should have a two-digit number at this point. So the first digit and the second digit, I needed to add together. So first digit plus second digit equals what number you should be at. Now I need you to take that number and subtract five. Okay. All right. Now we're going to go into a little something different. Remember that number. It's okay. going to match a letter of the alphabet. So if you're thinking of the number one, it'll be the letter A. Two will be B. Three will be C all the way down the line. With that letter you now have, Think of a country that starts with that letter. And when you have the country, think of the second letter of that country and come up with an animal that starts with that letter and what color it is. And remember that there are no gray elephants in Denmark. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well, if you didn't, if that trick didn't work for you i understand i'm not a math whiz either but if you did the math right in your head we should have ended up with gray elephant in denmark oh my gosh that was great that was great uh i hope everyone else is going how did he do that i hope so too <laughs> otherwise the rest of them are thinking oh that guy really sucks <laughs> 
Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much, Scott. This has been outstanding. I greatly appreciate your time today. So people who are wondering, how do they get in touch with you? What's the best way? Well, I would say the best way is to go to our website, which is corporatefx.com. That's C-O-R-P-O-R-A-T-E. The letter F is in Frank. The letter X is in X-ray. Corporatefx.com. Uh, they can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Scott Tokar, uh, S-C-O-T-T-T-O-K-A-R. Um, or if they are old-fashioned and want to give me a call, I've got a toll-free number. It's 800-MAGIC-13. Fantastic. Fantastic. So please check out, if nothing else, you have videos on your website of some oh, of your there's, work? There's tons of videos. And I'm constantly posting things on Instagram of, of what shows I'm at and uh, what's going on. So You'll get a little bit of flavor of some of my hobbies, but you'll also get a real good flavor of uh, what trade shows are happening and, and what crowds are doing, uh, you know, today, uh, right now. Okay, excellent, excellent. So everyone, please get to corporatefx.com. Check out some of his videos, because if, if you're intrigued at this point, the videos are going to blow you away. And if you're going, eh, let me at least just check this guy out. You're going to start to think, how can I do this? How can I use a magician? Because uh, if you've never seen a, a, a magician at a trade show before, you will be blown away. You will be convinced at, at not just the magic, but what magic it could actually bring to your booth in the way of doubling your leads, doubling your results. So thanks again, Scott. Uh, and for everyone listening, thank you for tuning in one more time. And if you have any suggestions that you're struggling with, please shoot me an email at jim at tradeshowu.biz. That's tradeshow, the letter U dot B-I-Z. Uh, check out our website and please continue to tune back in to complete that this uh, your PhD in ROI as we complete this master class on corporate magic. So thank you again, Scott and everybody. We will see you next time. We've come to the end of this class here at Trade Show University, but we encourage you to never stop learning. We have plenty more resources and information available on our website, tradeshowu.biz. Be sure to sign up for our mailing list for exclusive insights and information to help you get your PhD in ROI. You'll find all this and more at tradeshowu.biz. Until next time, class dismissed.